The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. In every chapter, on every page of the Word of God, there are just rich nuggets of truth to learn. But in Proverbs chapter 12, there are some words that are just interesting, very wonderful, very applicable for all of us today from God's book of wisdom, Proverbs, and today we're in chapter 12. Well, Alex McFarland here, so honored that you're listening to Exploring the Word, and I'm really excited today because with us is a very beloved friend and colleague, Jim Stanley, and we'll be going through Proverbs 12, plus we'll take your calls and Bible questions. If you want to write the number down and get ready, because we'll open up the phones in a while, and it's 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840, and we would love to hear from you if you've got a Bible question. Well, uh, Jim, I want to say welcome. As far as I'm aware, this is your first appearance with us on Exploring the Word in 2023. It is, and it's good to be back with you this afternoon. It's always a joy to fill in for you or Bert, and our, you you is a little bit harder than Bert because I I don't have nearly the mental resources that you do, and I say that in all oh. earnestness. Well, listen, you are such a blessing, and um, when we pre-record and do you know the question shows or when. Uh, we do it live. You are such a blessing, and you bring a lot of rich insights to the table. Bert is out today, but as uh, far as I know, he'll be back with us tomorrow on Fireway Friday. And, uh, you know, there's just so much going on. I, uh, I'm i so grateful, Jim, for the, the rich programming of AFR. And most, I don't know if it's all, but most of the programming is archived at AFR.net. And, folks, if you hear a show that you like and you want to listen again, or maybe you want to forward it to somebody and share a link and pass on the truth that comes from these airwaves, you can go to AFR.net, and we would encourage you to do that. Well, Jim, uh, I'm going to tell you, growing up, there was a word that Mama wouldn't let us use. And, in fact, if we use this word, my sister and I, we would get in trouble, and it was the word stupid, uh, <laughs> S-T-U-P-I-D. Uh, we were not allowed, and that was good. But in Proverbs 12.1, there really is, believe it or not, the Hebrew rendering of that word. Now, I've got the old King James with me. Proverbs 12.1 says, Whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish in the in the King James, B-R-U-T-I-S-H. And I looked up in a couple of lexicons. In a way, that means stupid. I mean, that's this is Hebrew here. If you are unteachable, unwilling to hear correction, um, the Bible is saying, look, that is just not wise. In fact, it's stupid to not be teachable. Well, in, in the Amplified Version, uh, whoever loves instruction and correction loves knowledge. But he who hates reproof is like a brute beast, stupid and indiscriminating. Uh, wow. And so, you know, and I think even the New King James renders it stupid. Uh, so it's one of those words there that when you get down to it, when, where the rubber meets the road, if you, and as we'll see here in a minute, you know, it goes on uh, to, to reiterate that. Uh, but it's one of those times that, you know, stupid is as stupid does. That's true. That's true. And while we're kind of unpacking this one word, though, um, I was looking, and it, it can also mean somebody who burns the building down, mm. like like torches it. And, you know, folks, that's, uh, whether it be arson or whether it be just foolishly uh, causing a fire that makes the building burn down, Listen, that's the destructive power of not really listening to correction. And so, Proverbs 12, 1, if we love instruction, we really love knowledge. Now, verse 2 says, A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices will he, God, condemn. Bert, um, a good man, now, we, we ought to live so that our ways are pleasing to the Lord 
and God will give us blessing in his favor when we do. Amen. And, you know, a good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices will he condemn, he being, again, God, as you mentioned. Uh, And it's one of those things there, you know, people say, why would God send anyone to hell? And this goes back to the simple choices, and, and it shows out here. You know, a, a good man is not talking necessarily just of uh, being good, you know, behaving, but someone who who tries to obtain the righteousness of God. And mm-hmm. so, but a man who doesn't do that is left to his wicked devices, and we know that just like it teaches in, in uh, Romans, uh, the wages of sin are death. And yeah. so, uh, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so it, it, like you said, every page of the Bible, you can fi- find something that refers to what God wants you to be versus what man or the devil wants you to be. You know, um, in verse 3, there's a word that I, I like. It's a great word. It's the word established. Uh, traveling around, you know, a lot of times, uh, Jim, people will pick me up at the airport and uh, on the way to the church where I'm going to speak, they'll drive me through their town. And I love to see the, the great communities of America. And I've, I've often heard people say, and they'll say, OK, over here, this is a real old established mm-hmm. neighborhood. The word established means something with permanence, something that's uh, weathered a lot of storms. It's not going anywhere. And verse 3 says, a man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. Uh, I know we have teenagers that listen because they tell me. And so uh, young people, I know here you got a couple of older guys uh, talking to you today, but let me just say this thing about life. I honestly believe this. Every dream you've got, every goal that you want to set for yourself can come true. You you can achieve what you dream about achieving if you put the Lord Jesus first. You know, uh, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Now, Proverbs 12.3 says, Look, wickedness is not going to do it. Dishonesty is not going to do it. But if you want to be established... You want to go the distance. You can do that. And how's it going to happen? By God, truth, morality, righteousness. Guys, girls, and really listeners of any age, you can become what you dream of becoming, but it's got to begin with the Lord. Amen. You know, when I when I read this verse, I, it goes back to foundation. You know, what is the foundation of man? Here... It's like a house of cards. You can build a beautiful house of cards, but if one gives way, what happens? The whole thing they collapses. All fall. Yeah. And so, but the, the second part of this, yeah, I think uh, there's a verse that says, uh, like a, a tree planted by the water, you know, the root goes deep and shall not be moved. Uh, and there's an, uh, an old cr- a song like that says, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. And so we want to be we want to be the person that's not moved, even as it talks about in the New Testament. What's your foundation? Sand or solid rock? Same thing is true here. Is it wickedness or is it the root of righteousness? Uh, verse four, Alex says, "A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is a rottenness in his bones." Now. If there is a rottenness in the bones, what happens? Uh, it's painful and deadly. Mm-hmm. And it causes you to fall, right? Yeah. And right. so it's, it's really neat the, the way that the author of Proverbs put these together. Now, I was talking with Bert uh, Tuesday, I think, and we were talking about a couple of days that he's going to be out, uh, one next week, I think, and I'll be in for him. And so we were talking about Proverbs and how Proverbs 12 and on, it's almost like a notepad, a thought of the day. You know, if you had a calendar and you had the book of Proverbs as the, you know, for that monthly calendar, you could find something new every day in there 
that would help you establish yourself more. Well, amen. That that's that's true. And uh, you know, that would be actually a really good thing to have. I was just checking out here and I think there's um I don't know, several hundred verses in Proverbs three hundred and seventy five, so there'd be enough for the whole year plus some. But uh verse four, a virtuous woman, the word virtuous there is really excellent, but it's it's excellent from God's point of view. Mm-hmm. And you know, any woman can aspire to that, a crown to her husband. But she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness to his bones. So the the godly woman is a strength to her husband, and vice versa. Verse 5 says, The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. Now, what's interesting there, the word, the thoughts of the righteous are right, it speaks of discernment and judgment. In other words, you're knowing things that are true, you're making decisions that are appropriate, beneficial, and I think that's one of the great blessings of being a believer is we've got discernment. And, um, you know, I'm not talking about necessarily formal education or what they used to say, book smarts, although that might be part of it. Jim, I've got a lot of Christian friends, and they've not had what might be deemed formal education, but they are just flat-out wise Mm -hmm. because they've spent years with God and His Word. Amen. As we go on there in verse 5, the thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. You know, you find that in Job. Job turns to his friends for advice, and what happens with that advice that they give, it's just not really the best stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. when somebody tells you to curse God and die to get out of it, that's a bad sign. Yeah, that that is not the not the way to navigate some problems. Uh, Verse six: The words of the wicked are to lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. The wicked are overthrown and are not. Verse Mm. seven: But the house of the righteous will stand again, being established. A man shall be commended according to his wisdom, but he that is of a perverse heart shall be despised. He that is despised and hath a servant is better than he that honors himself and lacks bread. Well, these are some of the words from Proverbs 12, uh, the book in which we will continue after this brief break, won't we, Jim? Yes, sir. Stick around. More Exploring the Word straight ahead here on the American Family Radio Network. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Greg Gianforte, Governor of Montana. He has served as governor since 2021 and is a former member of Congress. Luke 12:48 reminds us of the responsibilities of a leader. From everyone who has been given, much shall be required. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Greg Gianforte as he leads the state of Montana. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says no matter how tough things get on the outside, God can give us peace on the inside if we learn to balance two important character traits. He'll tell us more about them as we spend two minutes with Tony. The Navy has ships and the Navy has submarines. Ships are on top of the water and therefore are subject to the weather. How much they rock and roll, how much they go back and forth, depends on how hard the wind is blowing, how hard the waves are moving. That determines how the ship is doing. However, submarines go deep in the water and are unaffected by the weather outside and on top of the water. Because they're going deep, and because they go deep, it doesn't change the weather, but it changes how the weather affects them. Too many Christians are bouncing with the waves 
because they're like ships on the water rather than submarines going deep because they have married godliness with contentment. The way God teaches you to learn contentment is to not allow you to have abundance for too long. He will let situations come into your life. You think you're on top of the world today? Boom! He does something that drops you low tomorrow to let you know that without me, you can't stay riding high all the time because he will keep you in a place of dependency to remind you. And get this, if you don't get the lesson the first time, he believes in retesting. Going deeper with God begins by having a personal relationship with him through Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Find out today. Just visit TonyEvans.org and click on the link that says Jesus. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back. I'm Jim Stanley along with Dr. Alex McFarland, and we are in the 12th chapter of the book of Proverbs, and we are at verse 10. Uh, Alex mentioned earlier the podcast and things that are available at AFR.net forward slash podcast, but you can also, if, if for whatever reason you'd prefer to see the video rather than the, have the audio only, then you can go to streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net, and you will find most of our programming there. More and more of the programming is in, including this one for me, unfortunately, and for you if you happen to be watching, uh, because I am not the most photogenic person we have in our on our crew. But nonetheless, we want to be honorable to God and do what is required of us. And so this is also available at streaming.afa.net. You're welcome to check us out there. Uh, verse 10, Alex, in Proverbs 12. Go ahead, brother. A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Now, this is an ironic way this is written. Uh, A cruel person, even their tender mercies are uh, not very nice. But, Jim, I'm a farm boy, Mm -hmm. and as long as I can remember, I have loved animals, and we had everything from horses and cows to, you know, always a dog, and... um, I guess some people would say I spoil the animals that I've had in my life, but my my heart always breaks whenever I see, you know, a dog tied outdoors on a freezing cold night. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen people beating uh, a horse with a stick, and um, a righteous man regards the life of his beast. I mean, you think about it. Just as the good Lord is merciful to us, and and look, we all need a little bit of. Uh, nudging back onto the pathway, but God doesn't just beat us over the head. Um, I'm going to say right here in Proverbs 12.10 is an admonition to be kind to animals. I would agree with that, and I think it's also a statement of where we are generationally in, in our world today is because, you know, you and I came up in the time of spare the rod, spoil the child, Yeah, but unfortunately... Nowadays, it's mostly the tender mercies of the parents that wind up allowing the children to become wicked. Yeah, exactly. And this is like when it comes to children. I mean, the most loving thing a parent can do is set boundaries and exercise discipline, Mm -hmm. you know. And a child will learn. See, that's part of why many years ago there was a great Christian thinker named Francis Schaeffer. He's long since gone to heaven, but Francis Schaeffer talked about in the home, uh, it, it's the church in miniature, but it's also preparation for life. I mean, we learn uh, accountability. We, we learn rewards and punishment. And I think part of the reason the world today is so lawless and so many people have disregard for you know the rule of law is because there was never boundaries and rules that were enforced at home. And honestly, folks, um, permissive, indulgent parenting, it, I, I'm going to say it's unloving because if, if kids don't learn at an early age to behave, 
and obey and tell the truth, it's going to be a tough road. It, it, it really will. Uh, verse 11, he that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. Okay, tilling the land is is working mm-hmm. and preparing and providing, not out chasing after dishonest people. Verse 12 says, The wicked desires the net of evil men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. All right, 11 and 12 go together because following after dishonest, vain persons, or the net, N-E-T, that's like the business model. Mm-hmm. Listen, <laughs> the thief, the uh, the criminal, that is not a vocational choice you want to make. Stay home till the land. Uh, be willing to work. The root of the righteous yields fruit. And look, whatever whatever type of honest work you pursue, it's that's a sacred thing. Um, Jim, I've got a sermon I do, and actually it's a whole lecture on a biblical worldview of vocation. Hmm. See, work is not the curse. In fact, Jim, I happen to think work is a blessing. Now, some of the struggle, some of the drudgery, some of the the uh, sometimes we feel like futility. That's you know, like the day I rake, I spent a whole Saturday raking leaves for about seven hours, and then a whole uh, windy afternoon put them all right back where I'd started, and I kind of felt a little bit futile that day. But work is a blessing, isn't it, Jim? Most of the time, it is. Yes, those type things <laughs> there. Um, you know that, and and it. I believe that 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 the Lord gave us the fall for the leaves to nourish the land. Now, <laughs> Amen. My na- yeah. My neighbors yes. may not agree with that, but, you know, uh, and so I feel your pain. I, I did that one too many times, and yeah. I was over it. And Angie said to me, said, can you go rake up all those leaves? And I said, but isn't it beautiful how the good Lord <laughs> is going to put nitrogen back in the soil? Uh, we're just going to let those leaves rot. Anyway, let's move on. All right. Uh, it, it goes on. Verse 14, a man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of man's hands shall be rendered unto him. There's a lot in here about the practicality of working Mm -hmm. and being industrious. And listen, um, it's very gratifying. That's the only word I can think of. There's satisfaction in having worked and we know God gives us the ability to work. But, um, Jim, uh, I remember as a kid when I began to buy my own clothes. And at first I thought, my goodness, you know, I think a pair of blue jeans when I was a teenager might have been 12 or $13. Uh, but eventually you get to the point, this is kind of where I'm at. And I, I'm like, God, thank you for giving me the ability to wake up and work and put food on the table, and it's a blessing. While we're talking about parenting, and we'll move on, but Jim, I I truly believe one of the most uh, godly things a parent can do is to instill in their child a work ethic. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that. Um, My oldest daughter has told me before that, you know, she saw me working while she was growing up, and, you know, for her, that became uh, almost a way of life. Uh, she's never been scared to do anything. My youngest daughter and my son both, they work as, as well as they can. And mm-hmm. so it's, but it is one of those things that, you know, I think it, there was not a better compliment that she could have said to me than, you know, I saw how hard you worked for us and she wants to work that hard for her family as well. And Amen. it's one of those things. Now, hopefully one day and looking back, she can say, look, I see that you tried to live a life for Christ, and uh, I want I want that. You know, I want to make sure that we do that too. And that's one of the things there that we just have to trust in the Lord, uh, because we we want Him to know, uh, and our children to know Him as well. Amen. Well, fifteen and following somewhat changes gears, and uh, we we've said this a time or two. It's Proverbs, kind of. Um, moves around a little bit. In one verse, you'll be getting, you know, instruction in righteousness, then something moral about avoiding sin and immorality, mm-hmm. then something practical about work. 
Well, uh, it goes back in 15 and following to a foolish person. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkens unto counsel is wise. That's saying if, if you're smart, you'll be teachable. Um, I remember I read a biography of Ronald Reagan uh, years and years ago, and Reagan said one of the secrets of success. He said, surround yourself with people who are smarter than you are. And it's always good. Jim, I was a, well, I know you've led music. Um, when I was learning guitar, and then I played in a few bands when I was in college, and then I played in church for years and years. But good musicians always told me, said, play with people who are better than you are, mm-hmm. because it will sort of force you to stretch up to that next level. And so uh, the one who is willing to be teachable and who will listen to counsel is wise. Verse 16 is about our emotions and anger. A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covers shame. Um, If somebody has a hair-triggered temper, uh, it won't be long before that shows out. Am Mm -hmm. I right? Absolutely. And, you know, that's when we think of the different ways that we say things, you know, okay, I'll I'll get that to you in a little while or I'll get that to you tomorrow. Uh, But if I say I'm going to get that to you presently, that means that that's probably the next thing on my agenda, and I want to go ahead and clear that off. Unfortunately, for a fool, wrath is that next thing on their agenda, and they're mm. going to make sure that everybody knows it. Wow. Well, the ability to show self-restraint, that's, that's godly. Mm. Well, verse 17 about speaking truth shows forth, forth righteousness, uh, but a false witness, deceit. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Oh, my goodness, Proverbs twelve eighteen. <laughs> Listen, uh, you don't want your words to be like the point of a spear, but it says there is the one whose words are like health. Isn't that just a, a very poetic way to talk? A, tell us to choose our words carefully because... You know, um, words can hurt, can't they? They sure can. Generally, it starts out with the phrase, I love you, but. (laughs) Yeah. I I want the best for you, but. And that's when we see some of those words that aren't necessarily nourishing come out. And, you know, sometimes we always want to be truthful, but we don't have to be brutal. And I think that's one of the keys here that it's talking about, the difference in, you know, being brutal is just where you want to smack somebody upside the head and get their attention. But yeah. the where it says the tongue of the wise is health is where you just want to have a conversation. You're not judging. You're not proving yourself right. You're not trying to prove them wrong. You're trying to make sure that they understand that you do indeed care. And at some point, they'll come back and ask you about it. Well, uh, it talks about deceit in the heart of those that imagine evil, verse 20, but to the counselors of peace Mm. is joy. Uh, The plan within your heart uh, and then the words coming out of your mouth is joy. Um, Why? Because there's been a time when you yielded your heart to God and his purposes. Jim, in the context of these Proverbs chapters, we've talked about this, how um, there was a verse we came across that basically said that the righteous person always knows how to deal with the situation. Now, none of us can know. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know every single detail. But here are the principles. Uh, No matter what we face, we're going to trust God with it. We're going to try to approach it from uh, God's perspective. And that's why, look at um, verse 21. This might sound unusual, but there shall no evil happen to the just, but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute. I know a just person, and a bad thing did happen to them. This is not a promise that a godly person won't go through some hard times, but in an ultimate sense, and I've seen this, Jim, Romans 8, 28, uh, says that ultimately, ultimately, all things God will weave and work together for the good. Now, not all things are good. In fact, some things are just rotten, but 
And I've seen it, Jim, a time, time and again. For the, the person of God, ultimately, God can weave it into something beautiful. And I believe he will. Yeah. I truly believe that today's question mark can become tomorrow's exclamation point Amen. for the Christian. That's good stuff. Um, verse 22, lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but they that do truly are his delight. A prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. Now, Alex, you know, there are sin is an abomination to God. We know that. But there are some sins that he calls out as abomination, you know, that I, I think really annoy him more than uh, all sin is bad. Christ died for all sin. But there are just some sins that when God says they're an abomination, you shouldn't be caught doing those. Yeah, well, lying is one of them, mm-hmm. and 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 really, goodness, um, we live in a time where they talk about spin and you know so many things. The Bible says, "Let your yes be yes and your no be no." Amen. And uh, one of the greatest things James has a lot to say about the words we use and the the tongue can be a source of blessing or deadly poisoning. Let's make sure that our that we are people of our word and that we are people of truth because we claim to represent the one who is truth. Well, uh, the hand of the diligent shall bear rule, verse 24, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Now, slothful means lazy and unmotivated, and being under tribute, that can be taxation, interest, under the, the you know bondage of somebody else. Uh, now, we're going to change gears again. Verse 25 is going to really talk about our emotions. Heaviness in the heart of man makes it stoop, but a good word makes it glad. Mark Twain, the the great writer, he said, I can go two weeks on one good compliment. Mm. Uh, We might have a heavy heart, but then somebody gives us a word of encouragement, and it is a boost, and it lifts us up. Jim, I'm just amazed at how the Word of God so accurately, timelessly paints the human condition. Amen. I mean, it's true, isn't it? It sure is. Um, and if this goes back to something you and I talked about the other day, uh, is that, you know, if we spend our times doing the do's, then we don't have to worry about doing the don'ts. And Proverbs points that out, you know, in, in a really, really good way. Well, folks, this is Exploring the Word. The number to call is 888 589 589-8840. We'll be back with your phone calls and questions right after this on American Family Radio. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA believes that all men and women, whether in private or public, should be free to exercise their faith without hindrance from the government. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. Hey, did you hear? MoneyWise is different. It's now Faith and Finance with Rob West. Don't worry, Rob will still help build your faith while giving biblical advice about your finances. It's just a different name. From a diversification perspective, I like a properly diversified stock and bond portfolio, especially given where the market is right now. Faith and Finance with Rob West. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Central on AFR or catch the podcast at AFR.net. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. Gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of In His Image has moved me. We actually had one gentleman contact us and he said that this film 
changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community. And this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same-sex attracted couple contact us and they said after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what. And they said, please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit inhisimage.movie. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away for truth has stumbled in the street and uprightness cannot enter. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The U.S. Supreme Court issued a statement announcing the marshal of the Supreme Court and her staff have not identified who leaked the draft of the Dobbs opinion that later overturned Roe v. Wade. The statement said the marshal's team had been unable to identify a suspect by a preponderance of the evidence. All that is legally required, however, to identify and arrest the criminal suspect is probable cause. Preponderance of the evidence can only be determined by a judge or jury in a courtroom. This smacks of a cover-up. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. American Family Radio. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my head lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Welcome back to the program. Alex McFarland here along with Jim Stanley, and this is Exploring the Word. The number is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. This is a part of the program where we pick up the telephone, and we love to hear from each and every one of you. And uh, Jim, where should we go first? Well, before we get to the phone lines, they're still being loaded up. Okay. I, I wanted to, to look back at one verse real quick. Okay. Um, and I'm going back to to see which one that was. I apologize. Uh, all right. So, for example, in verse 19, the lip of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. That has mm-hmm. to do with the difference of the words we speak, doesn't it? Well, it really does. It really does. And let me say, truth is forever. You know, Matthew 24, 35. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. My words will never pass away. A lying tongue is but for a moment. And, you know, Jim, this world is so transient and and passing by, and uh, so much of what people say and do is going to be gone and forgotten, except for the guilt they hold before God. But building your life on the truths of Jesus Christ, I mean, that is being established forever. Amen. Let's talk to David calling from California. David, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hello. What? Oh, I didn't do something right. I'm being pointed at. There we go. Hey, David. There we go. How are you, uh, brother? Uh, and Dr. Alex, how are you? Is this David uh, David from California? How are you, brother? Yes, that's correct. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm, I'm really good, teacher, uh, um, doctor. And um, I... This today I'm missing and um, I really busy with my uh, my uh, my personal work. But um, I know um, it's not it's it's not good like not listen to the word of the Lord. And um, today I have a question. Um, can uh, Doctor Alex um explain or teach me more about like um here today? Um, I know um, uh inside of me is really blessing from the Lord through you every day, they like with um, uh, um, uh, um, 
brother uh, Bert Hopper and you daily and the whole AFA that changed my life. But um, I still have, I recognize I still have little, um, like a soft inside me with um, emotion, but not the emotion that um, affect me like something, I, uh, like emotion that try to lead me to uh, teacher. Your emotions. Wow. Well, first of all, I want to say, folks, if you if you don't know, David is a, a listener for several years, and he gave his life to the Lord several years ago. And David, you have been such a blessing to Bert and me, and we love to hear from you, and we do pray for you. And uh, if I remember, David, I think you, as far as you knew, you were like one of the first Christians like ever in your family. So God bless you. Yeah. Yes, well, yeah. yes, and we are so glad that you are a believer, and I know you're being a great blessing to those around you. About emotions, I want to say a word, and then I'm going to throw it to Jim Stanley. Um, one of the one of the things that I think is a, a, an outgrowth of growing in the Lord is that eventually our emotions stabilize and catch up to the the reality of where we stand in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that God will keep our heart and mind in perfect peace as we are stayed or, or you know, walking with the Lord. Now, I know in this world there's, there's fear, there's anger, there's depression, there's stress. There's a whole range of emotions because we're human beings. But one of the best verses I could give, and David, I would urge you to reflect on it, is Philippians 4, verse 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and and interestingly, Paul was in jail when he wrote this, uh, but he says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, pure, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And David, I don't really have any shortcut to tell you other than to continually be meditating on the things of God. Your identity is in Jesus. He loves you. He's never going to forsake you. And he will help you work through all of the the journey of life. And Jim, I think we've just got to train ourselves to remember God's perspective that he's with us and we're going to make it. With our Lord, mm-hmm. we're going to make it through each and every day, and I, I think there's encouragement in that. There is, and there, you know, uh, David. There's a lot of practical teachings as we're going through Proverbs, you know, that deal with emotions, and so we have to. And emotions are one of those things that can throw us off track in a moment's notice. You know, uh, yesterday we had gone to get my youngest daughter. And we were bringing her home, and she was talking about some of the conditions across the country. And one of the things they were talking about was the derailment of the train there in Texas because of the ice. Folks, a train doesn't have a lot of choice in the way it goes. You know, it's on the track, and it's got to go that way. But when you get something like ice that freezes over and freezes up and creates a ridge that will derail the train, that's what the devil tries to do all the time. And so, David, I think we have to be careful of that. We want to be sure that we give ourselves time to react, that we don't just react automatically, and that that way that helps us train those more and more every day. Well, thank you for your call, David. God bless you and your family as you continue to grow in the Lord. Let's talk to Jerry calling from Mississippi. Jerry, good afternoon. Hey, Jim, Dr. I forgot your name. Alex. <laughs> anyway, Alex, yes. Uh, the question I have is, do you feel that everything that's going on, all the upheaval and chaos going on throughout our nation, it, would it be more geared toward culture or the church? God is trying to get us to wake up and to deal with the situation at hand. Well, uh, you go ahead first, Jim, well, if you'd like to. No, thank you. I appreciate it. I was going to say that, you know, This is something that Alex Burt and I have talked about several times. And, um, Jerry, that's a great observation. I think that the the simple answer, of course, is yes. However, I think we also have to be careful that we, in America, we take a lot of freedoms for granted. We've got to quit that. 
because a lot of our freedoms are coming up for debate and, and, you know, it's almost to the point of thought police where if you're going to say something and you, they know you're going to say something, then the, they want to try and cut you off. And so uh, I think that we have to be careful and continue to pray for a revival in America because it's not going to be the Republicans or the Democrats or the independents or the other various political parties or affiliations that are out there. It's going to be God that brings us back. And so we have to be careful because I do believe, and I, like I said, I've talked with Alex and them before about this, uh, in Romans one twenty-eight, it says that since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. Debased or a reprobate mind uh, there in Romans is what it's talking about. And Alex, I think we have to be careful that our country's coming to that point because we really are at the point that we wanted uh, that our country wants to do more evil and call it good. Yeah, I, I mean, we're um, people, cultures, uh, church groups, denominations. Whenever you abandon truth, and by truth, let me say this: there's moral truth that everybody knows in our conscience, because the Bible tells us that the law of God is written on the heart of all people. There's there's moral truth, there's right from wrong, and Jim, I honestly believe that deep in our heart, people know right from wrong. Now, they do what's wrong, and they dance around, and they'll legitimize, and but, you know, the right thing to do is rarely a mystery. Mm-hmm. So there's moral truth, and our culture, to a degree, has abandoned it. But then there's biblical truth, and even some of our churches have abandoned that. And so what we're seeing is people ask, are we in the last days? Um, only God knows, but from my perspective, it looks like it, because the lawlessness, I mean, the moral issues, goodness gracious, whether it's transgenderism, or, or gender reassignment, or men going in women's bathrooms and, uh, you know, wanting to prevent children from receiving Christian teaching. I mean, the breakdown of the family, the dishonesty within the government, the absolute irresponsible way our tax revenue money is being thrown away and squandered. Jim, the way that our secular education has become not about learning truth, but about indoctrination into communism. What we're seeing is what happens when the restraining force is removed. The Mm. restrainer is the Holy Spirit, but in terms of people, cultures, the truth of God, moral boundaries, the church, the gospel, Christian people, uh, we are simply seeing what happens when God is removed from a culture. Now, God can come back, and God will return and restore just as soon as we return to him. But as long as we keep pushing God away and going our way, this is what things look like. Amen. Uh, Jerry, I sure hope that hope that helps, and we appreciate your call this afternoon. Alex, before we go to Brian from Tennessee, I, I thought about the ice storm that has been moving across the country. And when I saw Tennessee, I thought of it. Uh, our friend Todd Starnes had somebody knocking snow off of his satellite dishes there at KWAM in Memphis. And so uh, that made me wow. think about it. You know, we have antennas that have heated bays so that they won't freeze over. And so, uh, you know, we see this storm moving across the south and then what's, you know, what's predicted for the northeast in the coming days. Would you, there are over 300,000 people in Texas alone that are without power. And I don't have a number nationally. I did try to find one. But would you pray for those folks that are out of power uh, and that the Lord would protect them? Let's do. Let's let's join together in prayer, folks. Father God, we thank you for Matthew 6, verse 8, that you know what we need even before we ask. And Lord, even uh, when we are prodigal and we fall into sin, you still have mercy. And Lord, we pray for your mercy over this entire nation. We pray for the Holy Spirit to move across our land. Lord, rule and overrule. And we especially pray for the people in the pathway of these winter storms, our beloved friends in Texas, 300,000 people plus without electricity. And Lord, uh, keep them warm. Lord, please make the power come back on. I pray the pipes won't burst. 
and the pipes won't freeze. And in Tennessee and in Kentucky and there's storms everywhere. Lord, uh, in your mercy, would you uh, undertake on behalf of people and their welfare? And by the Spirit of God, may each and every heart, beginning with our own, turn back to you. Lord, give us grateful hearts, obedient lives. And Father, our nation, we need you. So please help. And we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, Brian is calling in from Tennessee this afternoon. Brian, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hello. Hello. Hey, brother. Uh, I just want to know, in Leviticus 11, uh, God gives us the dietary laws. Uh, and uh, is it okay to eat pork? And if so, can you tell me where in the New Testament that, that is from? I have to remember that I'm on Facebook. Go ahead, Alex, because I know I have a feeling you were going to throw that one to me. Well, Acts chapter 10. That's where I'm at. (laughs) For real. Yes, sir. Go ahead. And, hey, everybody who's ever been to a good covered dish supper (laughs) or a potluck is thankful for Peter's vision in Acts chapter 10. And I want to say praise God if you're a born-again Christian you can eat anything that doesn't eat you first. That's right. Um, now, I, I love barbecue. I love, uh, you know, to my detriment, I like just about everything. But here's the thing. The dietary laws of the Old Testament, they were part of what we call the ceremonial law. And all of that was paid for in the cross. We as Christians, we can eat anything uh, The Paul says just be you use moderation. But I would encourage people to read Acts chapter 10 and see Peter God had to help him understand. Look, as a Christian, it's not faith in Jesus plus works, but it's faith in Jesus alone and God says, "Hey Peter, uh everything is clean to you now. There's nothing unclean, shellfish or pork or whatever. Uh just remember you're a born again believer." Uh, and so we we have Christian liberty, don't we, Jim? We sure do. And our uh, our friends there in uh, West Monroe, Louisiana, uh, you know, we we think of the family there and uh, their hunting enterprise that they have. In fact, they sell T-shirts that with the rise, kill and eat part <laughs> on them. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, wow. um, but you know, like you said, and and again, here is the thing with Peter, though, uh, Alex. Because Peter was a Jewish Jew, he was, and he said, not in 14, he said, Not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything un- uh, common or unclean. And then the Lord spoke to him the second time, and then the Lord spoke to him the third time. So sometimes mm. even God has to repeat himself to us to make sure we understand. And with that, let's go smoke a brisket. Amen. <laughs> All right, folks, this has been Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. That was Dr. Alex McFarland, and I had the privilege to co-host him today. Let me encourage you to visit alexmcfarland.com to see when Alex is going to be in your area or when you can bring him to your area. Thanks again for listening. Stick around. More programming to come here on American Family Radio. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.